0: Welcome to Leo Rising, a Living Tarot and Creative Intuition podcast. My name is Jenna Fox, and I'm a queer adoptee witch raised in fundamental Christianity and a mama to two rambunctious kiddos. Labels really help me tell a story about my way of being in the world. I'm influenced by my profession as a community college instructor and licensed mental health counselor, as well as my experience as a tarot reader and Reiki practitioner. If you're looking for declarative statements or black and white guidance, I'm probably not your gal. My approach to these conversations is less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I don't presume to have the answers, but I'm enjoying working out the process with you all. So let's get started. I'm really happy to have you here. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of talking with Alyssa of the Instagram account Smoke, And Alyssa is a local Seattle witch who works in the cannabis industry, which is really a super fun conversation that we had. She gives some really great information about cannabis, the plant, and then also witchcraft and her spiritual journey. And I really hope that you guys enjoy this conversation. She even gives some good parenting tips. If you have little ones at home who may have intuitive or psychic psychic gifts. So I am just so excited to have Lissa on the podcast today. Welcome to Leo Rising, Lisa of the Instagram C Jane Smoke. Hi, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing great. And I got to be honest, you're somebody that um, I followed on Instagram for a while and we're like Insta buddies. And I have just been like itching to have you on the podcast, so I'm so glad this worked out.
1: Um, I'm super excited to be here. I was like really geeking out that you were excited to have me on, so thanks.
0: (laughs) I know. it's What's what's challenging is that like uh, I love technology, but we're actually in the same city, (laughs) so like
1: technology is
0: so, so rad, and I'm like, I should also just like be at a coffee shop with her, so. Well, I know.
1: It's really funny. We're like really good Instagram friends and haven't had the chance to meet up in the real world, but I feel like there's a lot of us out there doing that these days, which is very cool to be totally. able to have friends in a busy lifestyle. Right?
0: I know. I think yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> and, and I also think that we will probably hang out in person, you know, oh, yeah. I'm just putting it out there. Like, we're going to, we're going to get together. Um, Okay, so before we just like, you know, nerd out and uh, go all the different rabbit trails that I know that we're going to talk about today, I just want to give you just the opportunity to introduce yourself, tell... um really tell me, but also the listeners, like who you are and what you do and all the things you do. And um, everyone now knows that you're in Seattle. Sorry for, uh, (laughs) you know, disclosing that without your consent.
1: Um, Oh, no, that's totally fine. That's pretty open about me. If you go to my Instagram, it's fairly obvious that I'm in the Seattle area, especially since um, my career is focused in the cannabis industry. Um, yes. You know, when you go to my profile, it's pretty obvious that I'm involved in that, and so at the very least, it narrows it down to one of the legal states.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so I've been working in the cannabis industry for probably about three years now. I transitioned. uh of I say transition because I was doing retail and cosmetics um, before I. Started getting involved in the cannabis industry. Um, and so I was just had a kind of very interesting time in my life. I loved doing cosmetics. I loved being able to help women, but I just wasn't feeling fulfilled the way that I was wanting to. Cosmetics is a very vain industry. And, um, you know, on top of that, you're working sales. And so um, I just kind of had heard the cannabis industry was expected to be the first billion dollar industry ran by women. Mm. And the more I looked into it, um, the more I started seeing that there were just tons of women that uh, had CEO and leadership positions. I think the statistic right now is about 38% of CEO and leadership positions in the cannabis industry are held by women. And uh, the statistic is less than uh, 5%, I believe, in any other industry. Wow. So yeah, lots of room for uh, growth and very little uh, barriers to entry because the industry is so new and controversial at that. So there's a lot of people hesitant to dip their toes in the water.
0: Yeah, but it sounds like a lot of women are dipping their toes into the water and kind of being cutting edge or leading um, where maybe some of the other, quote unquote, like mainstream companies could really take a look at what y'all are doing and and maybe get on board with it, having more women as leaders.
1: Oh, yeah. The cannabis industry has, it's just a very natural fit, Um, you know. Most women get into get into it because they 're very nurturing. Um, not a lot of people are aware that uh, the plant that people use to for you know medicinal reasons to get high on it's actually a female plant mm-hmm. uh, you can't the male plants while you know they're still helpful those you can still use for industrial uh, hemp the the plant for consumption is innately female. Um, so there's a really uh, big draw with that. And a lot of uh, esoteric people are drawn to the cannabis industry as well. There's tons and tons of witches um, within the community, which is really fun. Uh, but it's really hard not to call people out too, you know, because not everyone's open about their, about their witchcraft. But yeah, it's been a very fun community to to start getting involved in. Do you have any questions about about cannabis?
0: Oh, I mean, I have like a billion questions about everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you mentioned, so it sounds like you identify as a witch. Um, And I'm just curious, like, have you always been a witch? Like what that process was like for you? Do you are you out and open in your community um about your witchcraft?
1: Uh, yeah, fairly open. I mean, for me, it's it's gotten to a point where I just go somewhere and someone's like, "You're a witch," <laughs> and I just kind of have to laugh and go, "Yeah," because I can't, you know, even hide it. Um, so I've you know always got some crystals hanging on me, or you know, just something that looks quirky um i've been well the community that i grew up in um was very much based in folk magic i grew up mormon and a lot of people aren't going to be happy that i say that they're a magic community because they uh, you know are jesus christ is very much the center of that church um But a lot of the practices that they participate in um, go back to um, actually voodoo and hoodoo rituals. Um, So that's, I guess, where I started. I wouldn't say, like, you know, growing up, going to a Mormon church, they're not telling you you're a (laughs) witch. But, um, you know, just as you get older and you start – becoming interested in the world and other people's stories Um, you learn about other religions and cultures and just the more you learn about others you learn that we're all you know it's a small world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, all under the same Sun and you know everything's very similar and um, just learning about uh, paganism and uh, Wicca. There were just a lot of similarities um, between culture and structure. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I identify as pagan or Wiccan. I'm kind of just um, an eclectic uh, self-practicing witch. Um, but yeah, I think I think that the biggest point for me when I was like, I'm a witch was when I was probably in like second or third grade and you know of course Harry Potter was like all the hype during the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's tons of little baby witches that were discovering that they were witches at the time and of course the media and culture was telling us like no they're not real you guys aren't magic but as a kid you just know and I just remember you know loving the book but also kind of being kind of critiquing it and just being like well you know and in the real world you don't get a letter to Hogwarts telling you that you're magic you just kind of know and I remember telling you know some of the kids like I'm sorry but like I'm magic and you're not and like not as a rude thing but like you know when you show a kid that there's you know, two cups, one's pink and one's purple. And you're like, here's the purple cup. And they're like, but that one's actually pink. You can't can't lie to them. You know what I mean? Like they know their colors. They just see what's there. And that's what it was for me. But it ended up being a big lesson and like learning to think before you say because my my crystals and my lisa frank binder ended up getting stolen oh no oh
0: no <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh lisa yeah. frank oh that's a throwback that is so yeah, yeah. <laughs> just when you say that i just got flooded with all the memories you know what i mean um, oh
1: yeah <laughs> i don't know if you've seen um I'll actually find the link and um, give it to you in case it's something that you want to include. There's a artist that came out with a uh, Lisa Frank major arcana tarot um, that's free for download. So
0: oh my gosh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It is
1: absolutely. Yeah. It's super cute. And um, yeah, it has like all of the major um, Lisa Frank characters. That's amazing. So I, no, um, so I was just thinking know,
0: about you as like a little second grader baby witch being like, I'm magic and you're not yeah. <laughs> and then getting the first lesson and like, ah, oh, what goes around comes right back around, perhaps. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was another little baby witch that that stole the crystals in the binder. So she must have been a little bit more aware than me and was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach her <laughs> So her and I ended up becoming really good friends. Though for the years, it was, it's a fun story we like to laugh about. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's hilarious. So you know, so you said you were raised Mormon. What are your is your family um, still like practicing Mormon, or how do they kind of um, do they know about your witchcraft or supportive? Like, I just having grown up in a in a fundamentalist Christian home, um, I think my parents know that I'm a witch, but we don't use that label or talk about it in those specific terms. Um, So I'm just curious about your relationship with your family and their spiritual or religious path.
1: Yeah, I would say mine is about the same. They don't quite know that I identify as a witch and and I'll admit even that title, you know, for myself has taken some getting used to just because of Social programming that has um, come with that term, mm-hmm. um, and especially for those that I myself believe in past lives, I'm uh, very connected with my past lives, and this is not the first life I've been in that I've been uh, been a witch. And so, for a lot of us, we have that like deep rooted ancestral fear of identifying with that term. Um, so my parents don't necessarily know that I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm a witch, but I'm very open about my esoteric practices. Um, my mom is, my mom is, she's witchy, whether she realizes it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, she realizes it, but she doesn't claim it. Um, and I get my abilities from her, you know, she's got a lot of psychic abilities and so because she has, those connections, I'm still very free to open up, open up about, about them. And, um, you know, the Mormon community is very esoteric in and of themselves. They believe that everyone is given spiritual gifts. And so growing up, um, I'm a medium as well. Um, So growing up, I was always able to, you know, communicate with spirits and I still am stronger now than it ever was before you know you don't necessarily associate that with like witchcraft you just associate that with like your spiritual upbringing and so it's been an interesting conversation especially with my dad my dad's um it's my dad's family that actually helped found the church and so he's very connected to it um because of that um, and we've got he's very into family history as well um, we've got you know over seven terabytes worth of family history information in just data alone no that's not even videos and um, like photos so wow that is a, yeah that is a lot of information <laughs> sorry that uh, kind that's probably that was kind of just like a Little bit of a trail off anew, a ramble. Sorry about no, that.
0: No, <laughs> I love it because I am, so, I am so interested in genealogy and ancestry. And, and like you're saying, the past lives. Um, I, last summer, I had my Akashic Records read, and one of the things that she was talking about was some of my physical symptoms um, really manifesting from a previous life where I had been, um, you know, stoned to death as a witch. And it just, it felt so like, validating, because it it seems like this wasn't something that was just, you know, from this lifetime, Um, but, like, amazing that your family is so connected to that story of the beginning of that church, that religion.
1: Yeah, it's, It's very unique, um, especially because, you know, they're one of the most well-known religions in the world, and they were founded in the United States um, Mm -hmm. during the Burnt Over District. You know, and they've got a lot of ties to masonry. Uh, A lot of people aren't aware of that. Um, Joseph Smith was a mason himself. And there's a lot within the church that is patterned after um, the Mason uh, ceremonies and, you know, rites and secrets. So yeah, it's just very fascinating. Um, not a culture that I identify with now, but I'm very appreciative of it um, because of, you know, how interested I am in the occult and the paranormal. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So I'm curious, you, you, you said that you're a medium. Um, and yes. Spirit, spirits, uh, and that's something that you've been experiencing since you were a kid?
1: Yes. As
0: a mother who has children with, like, these spiritual gifts, like, what, what was that experience like for you growing up with that? Um. And is there any advice you could give me? This is just purely selfish (laughs) in helping me raise kids who like my toddler can see spirits um, or at least one spirit right now. Um, Any advice for like what might have helped you growing up with that gift?
1: The number one thing that would have helped me was honestly having someone there uh, that believed that I was actually seeing um, what I saw. Um, My parents, they definitely were believers. And they had definitely seen some of the ghosts that I had seen. But they didn't necessarily believe me at the rate at which I told them that I saw spirits. Hmm. Especially because I think you know my other siblings had imaginary friends. They had very active imaginations, and they had imaginary friends. And so I think my parents kind of just assumed some of these ghosts were or were imaginary friends as well. So I think like you're already there with the first steps. Like you believe um your toddler, and like you're open to having communication um, with them. And I remember in one of your podcasts saying. Oh, it's the one with your ancestor, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: not wanting to like lead your child on or put words in their mouth. I think that's really fantastic as well, Um, because when you do communicate with ghosts, it depending on the person, it's very different. And a lot of times, they use like your sensory perception to—I don't want to say kind of trick you, but like ghosts, basically use illusions to get you to see them and communicate with them. Mm-hmm. And as a child, you know, life is so much of illusion anyway. I think it's really also helping them find something to stay grounded in reality um, and, and keeping just an eye on like, like cause it's so great to let a child just like float off into their like World of make believe, but it's very important um, to ground children that are communicating with spirits because they are so close um, to the veil.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, That's actually really good advice, and it makes me think about some of the things that I could be starting to do with him um, to help him. Yeah, like you were saying, ground.
1: And you know, I'm sure you already do this because kids just are little garbage disposals for food especially having boys <laughs> but yes. just having like some snacks in your purse because communicating with spirits is actually really really hard on your blood sugar level mm. it takes a physical toll on you because you're kind of stepping into the non-physical world um and so this is not sound very morbid but you're essentially like killing your body a little bit as you're communicating with the spirit um so you'll notice things like you know his hands and feet might get really cold especially if he's you know been communicating a lot with spirit you know or he just might not eat as much um because you know for me I find if I stay with spirits too long I get to a point where I just don't even realize I'm hungry anymore Um, yeah finding a fine balance between the physical and the spiritual world (laughs) yeah
0: yeah 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 that is so that is like that is like so helpful um yeah things that I'm going to take into consideration and try to begin implementing you know because he's so young my older kid I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on some of the things we can do together um uh yeah so it's like trying to take the reins as the mom and be like okay how can I how can I help him um and not just like leave him as a toddler by himself in the realm of talking with dead people (laughs) you
1: know yeah and you know you as a as a mother you also have a the authority to tell the spirits like listen you guys are not allowed to like communicate with my child until I'm here in the room Mm. that's something that you can put down too because you I, I you know I think society we are our own individual people and like we don't necessarily own anyone but our children are our children and we've been given them by spirit to help raise them and so spirit does give us a lot of authority and a lot of a lot of say when um, children are underneath our stewardship. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. So yeah, good advice. So
0: I kind of wanted to get back to you kind of in this current day, this cannabis industry and your transition from working retail. Did that happen when um, it became legal in Washington state, recreational marijuana became legal?
1: Actually, yes um most women end up choosing to go into the cannabis industry once it's become recreational Mm -hmm. um just because by nature women like a lower risk factor um and so for me it was also just a little bit more easily accessible i had grown up in california so um I was well aware about it. um, But your sources aren't necessarily reputable. And where you're getting your cannabis is the same place that, you know, someone's getting their heroin. And I didn't want that. And so I was actually married at the time. And my ex-husband was kind of the final push in getting me to try cannabis. I wasn't Opposed to it. I had actually, I have a background in um, health science and plant medicine. And so I had done a lot of research on it. I was well aware of the medical benefits of it. I just didn't see it fitting into my life because of my family and, you know, my background. And I kind of was like, well, why introduce something into my life that I know is going to totally change it you know what I mean I mean that sounds like that sounds dumb but I I mean now it sounds dumb to me because there's a positive influence that it's had on my life but you know when you know something's going to be life-altering you take your time. No,
0: I totally resonate with that. I didn't, I didn't start using cannabis, um, until it became legal in Washington state recreationally. Um, for some of that similar reason, I was like, okay, well, this is, this is, it felt safer for me. Um, but where I, unlike other, um, mind altering substances that you know my friends or family members like used growing up i what i would say about cannabis i was like i'm afraid because it's i knew that it was going to be amazing for my life and I was like not quite ready sort of like hey I he just kind of want to date losers for a while you know <laughs> 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 like I'm not really ready to like actually have like a real good person to to settle down with it's like eh.
1: yeah I still have got but some when you finally date when you finally date that real good person you're like oh my goodness what have i been doing to myself this whole
0: time exactly that's exactly it It's like oh my gosh why did i wait so long
1: exactly yeah it um my life changed totally after i started consuming cannabis in part because of a um traumatic brain injury that I received Um, but it was kind of just like I started using cannabis and then I immediately knew that was the like industry and the path that I needed to take and you know as I know a lot of people can relate once you find your path and what you're supposed to do a lot of things change. A lot of people fall out of your life and yeah, hasn't been easy for me. I I don't want to say I've totally lost my family because I'm still in contact with them, but my relationship with them has been greatly strained. I ended up getting a divorce. My husband was military and while he was very supportive of, you know, cannabis, he was the one that, like I said, got me to try it in the first place. He didn't anticipate me um, wanting a full career. with cannabis and his military. So it just was creating a conflict of interest for both of us for our lives. So we split, split ways. And, you know, I had a lot of friends too, um, that just didn't understand. Um, but I'm so grateful for it. I mean, you know, like you've experienced it it just opens up your mind to different realities. It helps you put your you know your feet in someone else's shoes. And it, I mean it heals you. and I just think it's a unique a unique plant that everyone should take the time to get to know whether they're consuming it or not. Um, I realize that it's not for everyone. not everyone's going to want to try it. Um, but I do think everyone should ask questions and learn. And and I say that about everything that you're opposed to. Whatever the opposite is of your belief, look at it and learn from it. Um so that's how we grow.
0: Mm, I love that. So I guess I'm curious, like, what a kind of, I don't know if you have, like, what a typical day in the life of a, you know, life of a, someone in the cannabis industry looks like if there is a typical day but I'm sure that people kind of listening around the country or the world um may just like have those kind of questions of like what is it what does your job like look like in the practical sense
1: my job I'm really really fortunate that I am self-employed and I uh, do a lot of freelance work which for anyone that's a freelance worker, you know that it can be scary not knowing when your next paycheck is going to come, and you can times that by ten in the cannabis industry because it's so new, uh, you get a lot of comparisons to like the Wild West or the Industrial Revolution, and they are very very accurate descriptions. So you definitely have to have a passion. Um, a passion for something if you're in the cannabis industry that's a passion for the plant or entrepreneurship um or you know even just being an inventor but you know every day is something different um I myself focus mostly on marketing and branding and so that that you know narrows down what what I do, obviously, as opposed to someone who's offering services for growing or setting up a farm or um, anything like that, I focus specifically on helping companies who've already got a product establish um, their story, their brand story. Um, so I do a lot of I do a lot of ghostwriting um, for people. Um, You know, just talking about the plant, you know, sativa, indica, hybrid. Why don't I just go over kind of just like the basics of cannabis, if you're okay with that. So there is three main types of cannabis that people consume. There's sativa, indica, and hybrid. The sativa plants uh, typically give you energy. Um, The indica plants are going to make you a little bit more relaxed and sedated and then the hybrids are a combo of the two. Uh, most of what we have on the market now is a hybrid, and it's gonna either be you know, a sativa-leaning hybrid or an indica-leaning hybrid. Um, we don't have a whole lot of like pure sativa and pure indicas. Um, I think mostly just because people are so excited that they can actually start experimenting with things. Um, that you have all sorts of people creating their own strains. So the type of strain, the sativa, indica, or the hybrid, also has, um, is full of cannabinoids. Um, The most typical cannabinoids that we hear of are THC and CBD. However, there are actually hundreds of different cannabinoids that are responsible for um, different responses. The um, reason why we hear about THC and CBD the most is because those, are, those cannabinoids are um, the most prevalent in the plant and um, our body responds the most to them because of that reason. Mm. Um, so not only do cannabis plants have um, cannabinoids in them, but they also have what's called terpenes. And terpenes are found in other plants as well, so not just um, in cannabis, although terpenes are found in higher quantities in cannabis than in other plants. Um, For example, one terpene, uh, linalool, is a uh, terpene that's found in lavender kush, and it's also a terpene that's found in high concentrations in lavender. And that's the terpene that's responsible for uh, the relaxation feeling. Um, so, you know, anyone that's smelled lavender before or eaten it, I'm sure that they've felt a very calming effect come over them. And that's from the ter- terpene uh, linalool. Yeah. Um, another, com- another common terpene that is found in uh, cannabis is uh, myrcene. And that one is also found in high concentrations in black tea and in mangoes. Um, I'm not sure if anyone out there has ever had a cup of a really strong cup of black tea, but it'll sometimes create a buzzing feeling around your head. And that is from the terpene myrcene. And cannabis um, will actually cause a very similar feeling around the head Um, more particularly in sativa strains um, or strains very high in mercy.
0: Wow. This is amazing. I feel like you could probably have your own podcast where you just shared cannabis information because my mind is blowing. Like (laughs) I'm like (laughs) learning about (laughs) religion and masonry and I'm like, just, I'm a total nerd. I just want you to tell me all the things, all the days. (laughs)
1: well thank you that means a lot I've been slowly working on I've been slowly working on a podcast but I'm a I'm an artist at heart and you know it's very hard to to share your art on your own accord so I appreciate you opening up your your space for me to be able to share what I know.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. It's like really my guilty pleasure is like getting to talk to people, you know, like the, the side effect or the the benefit for, for you all is that, you know, other people get to listen, but I'm just doing this selfishly because I want to talk to cool people doing cool things.
1: <laughs> well, I think that that's what we need to do in life. More of us need to do selfish things. I, we're so, I mean, you know, not, you don't have to be rude to other people and doing selfish things, but I think if more of us are doing activities that are just for our own self-interest, that creates happiness. And when we have happy people in the world, then we have a happy world plain Mm -hmm. and simple
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that um so I'm I guess I'm curious you you said that like you've mostly focused on like online or um, like digital marketing for branding for for these companies um was that something that you were always interested in uh before kind of cannabis came along or was it just like you were looking for a way to to be involved in the industry and that just kind of started to speak to you
1: it was actually a little bit of both. I um, grew up in Fresno, California, and growing up there, you kind of just do a lot of theater and movie design sort of sort of projects. They're kind of just second second nature. Um, but then my dad is also a commercial photographer. And, um, so I was, you know, very fortunate to grow up with him and be able to learn his photography craft. Um, and he was very into science as well. And so when I did science experiments, um, for school, he'd help me on them, but then there was a very heavy art portion of it too, just because, you have to, um, you know, display your findings on a visual board. And mm-hmm. my dad just, you know, wouldn't let me turn in any old thing. It had to look good because he was a commercial photographer. Um, and then when I uh, graduated high school, I went off to college. I graduated right at the start of the recession. And so it was an interesting time of go and do something practical and not what you want to yeah. do. <laughs> and so I I kind of tabled the art at the time and that's when I had gotten into health science and um, I, I, don't, I guess I was into health science before then, um, but I had never had, I hadn't had, plans to pursue a, a career um, so I did that initially and then I left school for a little bit and then when I went back I went back for visual communication design because um, at that point the economy had stabled out a little bit and I had been doing retail for so long that um I just kind of saw the benefit of um, visual communication design, which is basically um, graphic design for marketing, um, which has, like, a psychology proponent to it. hmm hmm I just, and listening
0: to your story, it just is, it makes me really happy because, it's like where you are now, but being able to follow back through all the different little threads and things of how you know you got to where you are. And just it's it's inspiring because I think sometimes there's this, I don't know if it's a cultural myth or if it's just, you know, my own experiences that it's like you have to have it all figured out or have it mapped out like ahead of time. And you're telling me about all these different little like breadcrumbs that have now led you to where you are but you maybe didn't know it 10 years ago
1: absolutely i am like the perfect person to look at if you're wanting an example of like you don't need to know where your life is going which i mean, which is kind of funny to admit about yourself but i like i always have goals there's always things that i want to do but there's so much in life that I don't think that you necessarily need to pick one life and pursue it. And I mean, when I say one life, I mean like one path, you know, Mm -hmm. there's just, there's so many things in the world and as technology advances, there's more of those things that we can participate in in a short amount of time. Um, especially as we have AI's advancing I mean, because the reality is we're going to get to a point where we're like pets for the AI. They're just going to be able to do more than we can. And so humanity will look very different um, because we'll kind of be in this symbiotic relationship with them. And as we stand now, we're very much a society that's like, figure out your path, figure out your job, and execute it, and you're done, but I think the paths are going to be a lot more free range, instead of like, you know, start to end, we're going to just be a little bit more free range.
0: <laughs> I love that, it's it's like both exciting when I hear that, and then also terrifying, you know, but yeah, I, I yeah, <laughs> I have the Amazon um tower app that I won't say her name because she's sitting oh. right, she's sitting right next to me. Um and so she'll like click on of course, but uh she makes <laughs> my she makes my coffee in the morning. You know, we've we've programmed That's it. Fantastic. So I I say it and I'm like, oh it's kinda like having a mom slash girlfriend, you know? It's like, um, yeah, I'll just say good morning and then my coffee starts brewing and and so yeah, that symbiotic relationship where uh now we have sort of or control ish but I think you're right it's gonna head in that direction where uh, we're gonna be pets, like you
1: said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but mm-hmm. we'll always have the advantage of um, creativity and being a direct connection to source mm-hmm. um so you know, not, not to say that that makes AIs any less, it just makes them different, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very fascinated to see where the the future will take us. One, one thing to be said though, for sure, um, you know our AIs respond to us better than the children <laughs> yes. they they will always respond when you say their when they say their names. so <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh that's so true
1: uh well, and we're, we and we're teaching them like we're teaching them like children right now too um yes we we have a lot of power right now um cuz they're Oh, they have like mirror programming built into them, where they're right now kind of just mimicking what we're doing. Um, it, it, I mean, it's there's some that are a little bit past that, obviously, like Sophia. Um, but anyway. <laughs> um
0: as we kind of come upon you know the hour which I can't believe that we're almost at um an hour because I feel like we could chat uh, all day <laughs> and we'll do it soon in person um Yay. one of the questions that I ask people is where creative intuition is showing up in their life in you know this current this current week or this current season
1: you know creative intuition for me has actually been coming up a lot in pop cultural references Mm. um i've been very connected uh with spirit that way um which has been fun um especially because you know you're in constant communication with the collective that way i guess um you know i don't necessarily go to pop cultural um the sources looking for inspiration but they seem to just be uh, playing off of each other and especially as we seem to be headed into some more apocalyptic times um which I think just shows that spirit in the universe has a fantastic sense of humor yeah um so <laughs> Definitely.
0: Okay. So if people want to, uh, connect with you, um, either, you know, because they are also in the cannabis industry or they're witches, or they just think you're super rad. Um, how can they go about, uh, connecting with you online?
1: See Jane smoke is the best way to get a hold of me. That's either by email at gmail.com or on my instagram and that's f-e-e-j-a-n-e-s-m-o-k-e kind of like the early reader books fun with dick and jane (laughs) i love that
0: okay so before i let you go um is there any like anything else that you just feel kind of uh, a burning desire to to share today?
1: Can I pull a, I have my tarot cards in front of me. Can I pull heck, a card? Heck yeah, you can Sweet, awesome. Okay. Oh, my goodness. We have got the three of cups. Oh, that's beautiful. That's fantastic. i feeling good about that one. I always love the three of cups um, because, I mean, a lot of people on the cups are like, oh, the three means it's an off balance or, you know, the odd numbers are an off balance. But the three for me on the cups means, like, everything's, like, aligning, like, with the universe. And um like the to me the three is like an equal ebb and flow Mm -hmm. um because you've got like the bottom cup once that's full you know you bring it to the top to fill the top and like it's it just ends up you know a constant waterfall when you have the three cups that can be continually filling each other
0: you know what is so interesting as far as synchronicity goes? I pulled a card before we uh, started recording today, and mine is not the Three of Cups, but it's the Three of Pentacles that I pulled. Oh, nice! Yeah, and what I like about that too is that um, there. Sometimes with me, I feel like three is very balanced, and that sense of like community and support in the. I pulled it in the Pagan Other Worlds, and there's uh An image of a rock cairn and it's like that building a foundation upon each other and it's both really sturdy and guides the way and also kind of there's a sense of fragility there as well but I love the threes so that's beautiful
1: awesome well I will go ahead and take a picture of my card if you want to include it yeah. Um, I'm like such a visual person. I don't. I don't know if you include a bunch of links in your podcast. I do. Um, but the my deck is the Art Deco um, deck. Um, so I'll, I'll take a picture of the card and send it so your viewers awesome. can see it.
0: I love that so much. Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leo Rising, a Tarot and Creative Intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived, so feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting, but much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years, so know that there isn't a tarot Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.